0: Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com.
1: As
2: we continue to fight the new variant, the Delta, and for those uh, on vacation or more comfortable at home, welcome joining us on livestream, and everyone who's gathered in present, uh, welcome. Let's take a moment Uh, Practice some silence and solitude Just center ourselves, to focus and be present with each other and be present with God in God's house. And all the things just ruminating in your mind, concern, that harass you and make you anxious about the future. Be in the moment. So we're going to practice the rule of life. We're going to exhale. Just let it all go. Just the concerns, the toxicities, the fears, all your worries. The Bible says, "Cast your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you." And inhale. presence of God, His grace, His love for you, and His leadership of your life. And all God's people pray, amen. Let's put this picture up there. So this present week, uh, past week, I uh, stole a sandwich. I, I know the theme of sandwiches this summer has been dominating my messages that's how much we like food at our church. But uh, my wife made herself a sandwich because she knows how I get. She talked about anger today. And she made me a sandwich I usually have to eat at 1130 or I become the Hulk. And, uh, and, you know, so she made me a sandwich. It was like ham and cheese with, you know, her bread lettuce. And she was just eating a vegetable sandwich. And so I looked at her with judgment. You know, anyone who doesn't eat meat during the day, if you're a vegan, I pray for you. <laughs> in the spirit I pray for you I love you but I don't get you at all um, beyond me what is that I mean anyway but no wonder their stock was tanking the other day it um, doesn't make sense <laughs> I don't want to go on bunny trails but okay so any, anyway go back uh, my wife she's eating this sandwich and she's like this you know it's really good mayo and this tomato and She and I said you know Sam this is actually from our garden I said whatever i'm eating my she goes it's really good you want a bite i'm like all right i bite. i wanted to make her feel better so i took a bite (laughs) oh my god it was better than my sandwich and my wife is like one of those you know saints where if they see you like something okay she's like you can have it i'm like no you eat your sandwich and then she goes no no i'm serious you take it so i took the tomato from her bread, threw her bread it out, and I put it in my sandwich. And I started eating it, and I was like, oh my God, this tomato is amazing. She goes, it's from our garden, organic. You know, this is organic. This, this is organic as it gets, right? And now I'm all into organic. Like, if it's not organic milk, no. And You know how much organic milk is in a regular supermarket? $10 a gallon. So I buy from Whole Foods, $5.99. <laughs> But if it's not organic, I don't want it. If it's not organic beef, it's not organic chicken, I'm into organic. And organic is the new trend in our culture, Whole Foods. Amazon acquiring Whole Foods is the best thing that I ever have in Whole Foods. Now the prices are reasonable. But when I was at Yale, medicine and divinity, studying the intersectionality between healing, medicine, and spirituality, the question we often asked was, When does healing happen? And a lot of times in modern medicine, people like the slow medicine movement talk about how modern medicine has become sterile. Too sterile, too distant, too calculating, too almost like coders, engineers. Engineers are not very warm. They can be. But look at Sean. Okay, rest my case. um, But... uh, when, but when does healing happen, and, and they study slow medicine. Medicine, we still can't answer when the healing actually happens. It's not when you get a CAT scan, when the nurse brings breaks a fever uh, with a towel. But the concept organic is the approach. It's how something is produced, how something is procured. And that in spirituality is also important. And that's why we're going to start a new series on the fruit of the spirit and agriculture was the dominating theme in the first century and basically most of you know civilization in the human species but there there are very valuable insight about when something is organically grown or something home cooking versus a meal outside and as you get older I, you know, when I was a kid, I told my mom, why are you making this? I could just order Dominican food right here in England or Chinese food. I used to love Chinese food. Now I don't eat it as much. I want home cooking. And that's just like that. I think in the, in the spiritual life, in the church, Christian spirituality, the way you approach your faith determines the outcomes, how something is grown. If the church becomes a processed institution, industrial almost and we release clones but when you take your time something happens when i taste that tomato it was insane i'm serious and i don't like vegetables i eat it for nourishment but i praised my wife i'm like wow wow honey i stole your tomato so good and i praised her and it brought me joy And this is a question for believers in this room I want to ask, and those watching online, if you're on vacation, we forgive you. And um, like in the beach somewhere, we don't like you. But um, the the question is, when is the last time someone in your life, in the sphere of your influence, in your networks, saw the fruit in your life and felt joy because of who you are? Because the Bible's thematic, you know, theme, the motif of Scripture is that the fruit of the Spirit, when God works in you. We're not talking about memorization. We're not talking about how many Bible verses, you know, or how elegant the gospel is or how profound it is. We're talking about your application of your life to others. It's so sweet that they praise God. They see you and they praise God for you. And they say, God must exist or God is good. And it brings you joy. It brings them joy and it brings God glory because that's the spiritual life in a nutshell that Galatians five talks about that framework. If we're not impacting the world in our families and our friends and the people we know next to us and our faith is just esoteric or profound, or, you know, you know r- real sophisticated sayings that make you go wow beautiful did you hear that that's profound it doesn't change your life that's superficial christianity and the, the aim of the church is to produce fruit pragmatic fruit real fruit so that when people who don't know god or people who do know god or your sons and your daughters and your spouses praise God, go, wow. And the sweetness is tasty in the relationship. That's the aim. If we're not doing that, let's all go to the beach. Some people are there right now. Let's join them. Because Christianity becomes absolutely futile if it can't change. It doesn't bring life change. doesn't make this life better for others. It's no point. So that's why I, I want to try to define the aim of the spiritual life in the next series, which would be probably the, by the end of the summer to the retreat. Let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. Because Galatians 5.18 makes it very clear. It doesn't use, Paul doesn't use the word, uh, he doesn't use the plural. He doesn't say fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. He used, the, he used singular, fruit. Meaning when God works in your life, all of those things manifest not anger when you lack self-control or venting we're talking about it's a byproduct that comes it's organic tell someone it's organic and organic is in right people want to pay 10 bucks i once paid 10 bucks for milk because hopefully today couldn't deliver until next day and i needed my coffee in the morning so i said lord i pay for this Or again, people are willing to pay more for what is better. And so that's the question I want to ask. What is the fruit of the Spirit? What, What is Paul talking about? I want to expound on that idea of God, the correlation of God's work and the fruit that results, the outcome. Because a lot of times in Christian spirituality, all we talk about is principles and profoundness. And we... Do intellectual exercises around principles, but we don't talk about outcomes because you know how many people are watching the Olympics right now? I'm watching the Olympics. You know, what I'm saying is you get a medal for what? Effort? No, you don't get a medal for effort, you get a medal for what? Outcome. Church is the only place that don't focus on outcomes sometimes. Did you pray? Well, how, what was the outcome of that prayer? We never asked that, so. Did you pray? Did you read the Bible? We're focused on the action, but we are not countable to... How did that prayer or the reading of the Bible affect your life and the others around you? We don't ask that question. Because did you pray? Checklist. Did you read the Bible? Yes. And you pray for like two seconds. And you are in the Bible, you're like, what the heck is he talking
1: about?
2: <laughs> so we're talking about the outcome. So what is the fruit of the Spirit? What does it mean to live in the fruit of the Spirit? And that's what we want to answer today. So let's go to the passage here. And I want to give the question and answer that question first. So it says, you, my brothers and sisters in the church of Galatia, Paul's writing, this is an epistle in the genre of scripture, which is a letter. You are called to be free, but do not be do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Where the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. What does it say? Love your neighbor. As people hate that, that. Love your neighbor. Because if you all have neighbors, it's hard to love them. I know I have a hard time. Because sometimes they talk too much, or they don't talk at all, or they park in your driveway too closely. And sometimes you think, should I tow this car? But then you, if you toll the car, you can have a, a full fledged war for like probably the decade in passive-aggressive behavior. Oh, you told my car. Oh, I didn't know it was your car. I did. did. But to love your neighbor as yourself is, is the whole point of Christian spirituality. And Paul says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And one of the things that people don't understand when they come to the church, they expect something completely different. A lot of people tell have told me over the years two decades i've now been to 10 churches why did you go to because those people were messed up did you not read the bible jesus died for sinners that's someone that sinners all the spouses can tell you that their husband is a sinner except me maybe because i'm a saint no no that's not true i mean we're sinners we're not saints saved by works or what sinners saved by grace working toward salvation with trembling and fear, even though salvation is a gift. So we're all sinners saved by grace. And what people don't understand is that what it means to walk in the spirit is that there are two operating systems in human. There's a duality of human nature, a competing nature. Okay, walking in the spirit means it's walking in a new nature. And I'm gonna explain that in the second point But there are two natures to humanity. First, it's this. Let's put it up. There's two natures, and the first is what? Read it with me. The default nature. What is the default nature? It's the guy and the gal in your head. The cynical one, the snarky one. You know, it's the one that you rarely show to other people, except your family, probably because you, know, you want people to like you and you want people to like you you lie when you know people was that okay yeah, I'm, to- I'm totally fine but no it wasn't fine yeah, we're cool i hate you in your mind i don't like you you are a psychopath right i mean so it's it's, it's the default nature and the default nature is in Theologically in the tradition of the first Adam, meaning it's the concept of original sin. Augustine came up with the theologian and bishop of Africa, first idea of the original sin, meaning the philosophical case is, you go, well, my my son usually asks me, you know, Adam's an idiot. I'm like, well, no, Nathan, you're an idiot, too, because that's what you would have done. We would all have done it. Eventually, after three, four millennia, we would have all chosen the forbidden fruit, because usually we always choose the forbidden fruit. How many people have not chosen the forbidden fruit before? Well, good for you, go to heaven right now. <laughs> Elijah, go ahead. Enoch, go ahead, go to heaven. But most people will eventually choose the path of the original sin, and that's the whole philosophical nature that there's an original sin, the traditional first Adam, the default mode. And so I could, I could uh, exemplify this. Uh, my son, he's 14 now, um, have nothing else to talk about but my son because i live with him and um in the pandemic that's who i saw pray for me and uh or sons and um when he was about nine ten he really got into garfield he was watching Garfield consuming the content and eventually we had to ban like a communist regime at home we had to ban you know, no free press we had to ban garfield because he started talking like garfield
1: <laughs>
2: so like we were like, well, well, Nathan, if if you know, you need to be more motivated. Well, he would say something. If anyone finds my motivation that I lost, let me know. I'll be at the intersection of too tired to care, and don't feel like it for the rest of the day. And and am like, well, Nathan, you need to forgive your brother. I don't hold grudges, Dad. I just remember facts.
1: <laughs>
2: Snarky, <laughs> but witty. And so he thinks like. I swear my son at 10 thought he was a comedian we didn't think it was funny but he thought and he would always laugh You you know don't think it's funny one of the things in our house is we don't understand the humor my wife specifically doesn't understand the humor i do have a bit of sarcasm in my bloodline but i mean we had to outlaw garfield because that default mode that default nature The guy in your head, the gal in your head that's unedited, that's the default move. That's usually the operating system we operate under, which is the one, that's the side that brings division. That's why Paul is saying to the church of Galatia, they were arguing about a certain topic, which I'll go into in the next few weeks, the historical context, but they were fighting amongst each other, devouring one another, getting hurt by one another. There was division because of. They were operating under what? What we call the flesh. In the Greek word for flesh is sin nature. The son of Adam and Eve, the first Adam. So a lot of times, if the default nature doesn't change and transition to the new operating system, the new nature, the new nature we find in Christ in the second Adam, then we're always going to live out as sinners. And that's why... We have pride, we're snarky, we're sarcastic. God is working on that in me, too, as well. And many of my friends, it's not me. So, you have to think about that. Can you recognize your default nature? That's the place, if you're operating out of, which Christ came to redeem us from, which feels the most natural, by the way. It feels good when you vent at first, doesn't produce any qualitatively, academically. If you study the science and the quantitative data, venting doesn't help at all. It actually makes you worse. You want to vent again. Do you, you have any friends that just vent to you 20%? Like your parents or someone like this? They just vent to you. You know this, it's like forever. Because it's just relief, it's not change. This is what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, theologian, and, and spy during the Third Reich, of attempting to assassinate Hitler, who learned in the underground in the underground church in Germany, um, in adverse circumstances. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, "The person who is in love with their vision of community will destroy community, but the person who loves the people around them will create community everywhere they go." So, folks, there is not a utopia where there are really nice people and people like you, you think, well, if people were just like me. No, you would be the one messing it up in that perfect community because you would be the imperfect one. And it's our idea fantasy of like, you know, friends and how I met your mother. They have a hundred script writers, folks, that write those lines. You're like, no, that exists. That's just like communism marxism when they tell you hey you can have utopia if everybody's equal no you can't we tried it in history it's not like something we have to try again when anyone promises utopia you usually get dystopia and that's why in the Bible if you look at Galatians the church is just like us divisive prideful killing one another you know, I'm encouraged by that. And when I read Church of Glitch, I'm like, oh, we're not that bad. We're just like those guys. That means we're actually dealing with reality, right? We're not dealing with this utopian idea of, oh, we're going to be singing Kumbaya around the campfire. Well, you know, it's not going to be this perfect community. No. How is it going to become a better community? We're going to love each other as we are. You know, when in Craigslist first started, they said, as is this product is as is you know you cannot return it that's what this this gospel serves in that in that arena and domain as is because a lot of times i mean look at the person next time they're lying to you right i mean i mean they're not really like telling you everything they're thinking right like hey should we pass around our journals i mean unedited versions of our thought process? I mean, every, no one would be here then. Everybody would <laughs> be gone because it would be an unedited version of reality, right? It's, it's the things you feel, the pettiness and this and that. And that's what Church of Galatia was going through. The default nature. The default nature is an apologetic for why we need a savior because the guy in our head, every, so in a sense, this apologetic is everyone is like Garfield. We are, uh, there's a Garfield in all of us. Okay, that's just an analogy. Don't call me heretical or anything. I'm not saying a theological statement. But there is a gar- there's that guy in our head, gal in our head, that is just snarky and unforgiving and just stubborn. Hey, I don't know grudges. I just have facts. I'm right, you're wrong, and that's it. My way or the highway. And that's what Christ is trying to redeem. And if the church doesn't change the default mode, then it won't change the fabric of our lives and the others around our lives. Then what's the point? What's the point of Christ dying? He didn't come just to forgive our sins. He came to what? Create a new humanity after himself. To change the world. To bless the world. But we have to start where we are. So what's your default mode look like? I pray the spirit could show you clearly in contrast what your default mode looks like. Amen. All right, so that's the first thing, the default nature, and then let's talk about the new nature. The fruit of the spirit, remember, there's the singular again. The outflow of God's work in our life is our joy and the joy of others to the glory of God. The fruit. Of the spirit so this is not you trying to be more loving more joyful because i had a friend who thought that if he smiled in the mirror he would be happier and he would practice his smile in the mirror i'm like dude what are you doing i'm practicing my smile i read a psychological book that said if you get a smile you know you get endorphins in your brain and he actually believed that and he was never joyful (laughs) and he was a preacher and he preached sometimes i'm like You practice that? Because it's not coming out of the pulpit. It's like fire and brimstone. (laughs) Clearly it's not working. There's no way we could be more, try to be more loving or more peaceful. You ever try to be more peaceful when you were anxious on your own? Okay, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine. (laughs) You're you're, you're like lying to yourself or kind when you feel angry. It, It doesn't mean to try to artificially produce these attributes or these virtues. It means to allow Christ to work it out of you. There is a qualitative difference. And this is why the apologetic for why we need Jesus to come into our lives, to change our lives, is this aspect. is God working in you, the byproduct of God working in you. My brother saw my dad Go from the the typical Korean salary man who came home at midnight drunk, beat him up, to finding Christ. And the byproduct of finding Christ was my dad no longer drinking, no longer smoking. Praying in the morning, taking the family to church, and him changing and becoming a wise man. Me, I never saw this because I was born when they were like 42. I was a love child. And... um, (laughs) in an accident, per per se, but in God's sovereignty, but um, my brother saw the fruit of the Spirit in my dad's life because he completely did a 180. And that's the whole point of 180. That's why our our church name is 180. When you mean Christ, not community. A lot of people confuse Christian communities. Why come to church? No. Why would you want to hang out with sinners without Christ? I mean, what is the point? They're your competitors. This is Manhattan. If you're in medicine, they're your competitor. If you're in any sector, they're your competitor. You should devour them. right? I mean, people think, oh, if, if I just go to church and be with some nice people, I'd be happier. No, you'll never be happy. You always have problem in the church. I'll tell you that, always. I've never been in a church that have, doesn't have a problem. And if the church says they don't have a problem, that's the problem.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> then you know, like, they're, it's a cult. Or they're in denial or delusional, okay? Let's put this picture up here. So, one of the things that, that families ask me are how we raise our kids. We, we believe in the philosophy. We believe that you have to really win the heart over behavior. You have to win the battle of the heart over behavior because if you ostracize your kids when they're young, they'll just hate you. Now for many of you, if you don't like your parents, that's probably why you have to develop a friendship with your kids, because they're gonna be old too, you know? They're gonna be older, they're gonna be able to think critically. And here's the thing, a lot of people can see your flaws. And let me tell you, I have a lot of them. So they're going to see all of them when I get irritated angry when I lose my temper when I Catastrophize the kids see all of that. It's not like you can lecture all the time it Doesn't matter if you're a genius or not you're a human and you're gonna fall so One of the things that we talk about with raising kids especially raising teenagers. Oh my god It's a brutal war of attrition but it's, it's a love It's really about all about love but how does God, the spirit of God produced that in you. Well, and a lot of people think, oh, well, it's just because you're good people. You have good values. Oh, no, it's not. Mm-mm. My parents did the, you know, near-death experience way of disciplining us. <laughs> that's how we were raised. For us, for me, that's inherently passed down to me. That's the way I want to handle it. You don't know your math, well, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> or find a new family. <laughs> Right? Like, that's really my default mode. But if I do that in this generation of Gen Z, softest generation ever, I'm going to lose my kids, right? Or they might call child services. But I have to have the spirit work in my life. So when when we're raising our kids who are becoming teens, 9 and 14, and, and our oldest man, he was stubborn. And I mean... And, you know, he, he did his psychological test with Helen when he was, I don't know, five years ago. And Helen was like, you know, he's in the two percentile of intellectual capacity. I'm like, I knew that because he's really annoying at home.
1: <laughs>
2: and he keeps wanting to run away from home. And um, so when he did run away from home, I, you know, telling my wife, the day he ran away from home, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to go out there and kill him now so that no one else could kill him. Because there can be creeps, weirdos that kill him today. Why not I kill him? Well, I was like, well, that's not going to help anything. It might help me. <laughs> ease the tension, Right? But when he came back home on his own, people asked us, what did you feel? Ambivalent. Because there was the default mode and the new nature. In collision with one another right when he came he goes dad here's Chinese food I realized I can't be out on my own right I I need to be here I need I want to be home and he thought that we would like lecture him and he would have to eat manure for a long time but instead my wife and I cried and hugged him and he said that at that moment that's he knows we were he was not only home but we were friends Because we understood him and loved it. But let me just tell you right now, that's not my default mode. If I came back and ran away, my dad would have killed me first. Beat me up. Know your place. But the fruit, singular, of the Spirit was produced because God was working in us. And we were praying for him the whole time. I was praying in tongues half the time and then... I'm not going to say the other stuff. But you know what I'm saying? I was praying. And and sometimes what we realize is when we are angry at one another and when we're mad at each other, the best thing to do is not vent to someone else, is to pray to God, vent to God. This is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, which I think is powerful about in Christian community, looking at the fruit of the Spirit. This is what he says. A Christian fellowship lives and exists by the intercession of its members for one another or it collapses. I can no longer condemn or hate a brother or sister for whom I pray, no matter how much trouble he causes me. Right? Because his face may have been strange and intolerable to me, is transformed into intercession in the countenance of a brother from whom Christ died for the face of a forgiven sinner. Now, I realize that's how God works. When we supplicate our flesh, our default mode to Him in prayer, in intercession. Intercession means fervent venting or praying to God. If you're going to complain, complain to God in prayer. And that intercession changes our heart for others. And the fruit of the Spirit. So the byproduct is, I'm being honest with God. But the byproduct of that honesty is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God beginning to what work inside of me. I believe that's exactly what happened. Because my son would experience near-death experience as well, just like my parents have taught me and passed down to me. But now it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the default mode. So you have to look at that. Are you operating in your default mode? Snarky, arrogant, prideful, or the new nature in the second Adam, when Jesus says. For me, in during ABP, I hate. What haunted me about the gospel was what Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. I was like, Jesus, can we take this verse out of the Bible? Because what I want to say is, let's kill them for what they do. Every time I saw a video, every time I saw, um, I'm like, Let's pay evil for evil. That's a temptation. And that's why in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. Because that propensity of darkness in the human heart, that default mode, is so easy to give into. Because why is the default mode? When you feel fear, when you feel anger, the default mode is where you find a reservoir to survive. Not the spirit, not giving it to God, not the new nature. But Jesus says, in the best case of humanity, a new humanity, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Or they do not know what they do. I was like, oh, wow, that haunts me. So I keep praying and pray that it changes my heart. And the fruit of the Spirit begins to what? Manifest. Amen? Amen. So let's stand and pray together and pray for the new nature. So, Father, we come before you now. Let's lift our hands to the Lord today and surrender daily. And we're going to do this uh, on a weekly basis as we go over the fruit of the Spirit. For those of you whose the dark side is strong within you, as Star Wars would frame it, Lucas would frame it this way. You need to be the ones praying the most. We, we were the ones that need to be praying the most. That's why when I go to a restaurant, I, I'm praying first. Because my default beast mode is crazy out there. They don't have my diet coke. Oh, my goodness. Watch out. And, and I don't hide that because that default mode is real, right? So if your default mode is strong, then your communion with God has to be greater. The formation has to take place. Or your life and your faith will make no difference in your life and those around you. What was the point of following Christ in the first place? If his nature that is given to you as a gift is abdicated simply because we don't access it. We don't ask for it. So let's say, God, will you transform me? Will you work in me so that others would praise you would glorify you and say wow god is good for our joy and the joy of others and god's glory let's make this our prayer come and make come and
1: make my heart your home come and be everything i am come
0: and be everything i am and all i know
1: search me to speed through and through. A hope for you. Search me, search me through and through, till my heart becomes a hope
2: for you. So, Father, we come before you today. Help us in the next few weeks as we study to crucify the flesh, the sin nature, the default mode. And take on the new nature. How we follow the second Adam rather than the first. How we allow the byproduct and outcome of you working in our lives. So how do we get the fruit then? Well, it's a matter of yielding to the work of God in our lives. Not telling God how He fits into our life plan, we have to yield to His plan in His ways, right? And for the religious ones, well, they go, Well, I'm going to do that myself, my willpower. What, what ends up happening is if you try to be more loving, you're like, Well, you're mad at other people. Well, I'm being loving. Why are you not being loving? And then you become arrogant about how you're trying so hard. It's artificial. It creates arrogance. So it's better when you being loving is a surprise. It's like, wow, that must be God. Then you know that you're yielding, and the byproduct is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness. And then you know that God is actually working in your life, that you're yielding to his work. And you're not artificially maintaining this because there is no way anyone could maintain that type of discipline without burning out. so holy spirit we pray that for your glory our joy the joy of others in our lives and the world we would yield our control for the fruit of the spirit to manifest in our lives for the joy of our children, for the joy of our friends, and for our joy. That the sweetness of life and the sweetness of who we become would glorify you. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.
0: Hi everyone. My name is Min I'm a member here at 1A Church and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, There are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 180 Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment methods shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at church180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering180church.tv, at or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180church, which is available on text at 5397Prayer, and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody, and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, If your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline, and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with the group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180Church and also at 180BRG where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who's a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a Virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels and it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels, we launched a care package delivery service called 180 Cares. And this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that, mean, that may need some encouragement. If you'd like to send one of these boxes or just wanna learn more, you can go check out our website at 180church.tv 180cares.
2: And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to
0: immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.